Welcome back to Lost in Citations. Today's guest is Marisa Ocampo, a lecturer of English at Fukushima Gakuin College. Dr. Ocampo, thank you so much for coming on Lost in Citations. Thank you very, very much, Jonathan, for having me in your podcast. It is actually uh, a privilege to be here with you. Oh, that's that's very <laughs> nice. No, no one said that before. <laughs> that that's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, make that the tag for all the episodes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's quite a lovely accent you have. Where where are you from? I'm from the Philippines. Oh, that's great. I've actually never been to the Philippines. Oh, probably you, you better visit my lovely country. What's the best yeah. thing about the Philippines? Well, the, the food and the the people. So we are very accommodating and we're very kind. And so probably that is the best among Filipinos. So why, why yeah, so go there and visit. What's the best food to eat? Well, adobo is one of the famous foods there, and then also the beaches, so you can go and swim because uh, the weather is perfect for, for the beach to, and to swim and to stay the whole day outside. Hmm. All right, so I will be visiting Philippines mm -hmm. soon, I hope. Wow, after the COVID. <laughs> and uh, recently I heard that Philippines is a destination attraction for language learners in Japan, Cebu, right? Mm -hmm. I heard about that one, yeah. Um, so I guess a lot of Japanese people <laughs> have found that's a great place to go. I don't know if they're, they're language vacations it's, mm -hmm. kind of things that are set up and companies mm -hmm. are taking their employers over there, mm -hmm. which is cool. Um, when did that sort of, when did that change kind of happen? Well, about it, it became a kind of boom in the Philippines way back four years ago because uh, these companies in Japan, so they bring their students there, and then and uh, they they can they can pay them a bit lower compared to the, uh, the you know teachers in Japan. So probably mm. that is because they're all business minded. So so that's good, and they can they get a good quality of teachers in the Philippines. So, yep. Cool. All right. Um, the article that we are discussing today is entitled Family Environment Mode Approach, FEMA, in Anxiety Buster to Motivate EFL Learners. Now, before we get into the paper, uh, I'd like to learn a bit about your background. So maybe we can go back to high school or undergraduate. Uh, what, what led you down the path interested in languages and being a language teacher mm -hmm. and, and what did you what did you study in college uh -huh. in college yeah so it's a nice question <laughs> yeah because to tell the truth I, I am not an English teacher by profession yeah so uh, my, my field of expertise is science hmm. uh, yeah in, in my BS degree I, I finished um, food technology with a microbiology concentration and uh, a master's degree also involved uh, health and nutrition and um, even my doctoral degree now yeah, so was actually related to health education and nutrition so uh, well uh, i began my doctoral program as soon as i finished my master's degree at the age of 22 so uh, and then back then uh, I, I had a dream <laughs> i had a dream of becoming uh, you know a professor or like like a dean in the university so i i soon entered the um, 
the PhD program now yeah, so while teaching in the university and then and then you know while I was drafting my dissertation research plan I I, I found the Hokkaido University booklet at home mm-hmm. and um, it was actually my brother's because my brother was at Hokkaido University at that time now yeah. so um, and when I look at the faculty list I, I, I thought that a particular professor was fascinating and um, and suddenly had an urge to to do collaborative research with her related to my um, PhD dissertation plan. So, and after sending a letter through the mail, I, I waited for a month or two and then finally received a reply. And I was so excited to collaborate with her and, uh, and on, on this research. Who so, is that? Yeah, it was a professor, Dr. Moria, Dr. Moria, yeah, who, who, who was my mentor at How Could I? So, um, yeah, so due to my excitement about this opportunity, I, I, I talked to the dean and the president of the university where I was working and informed them that I, I was resigning right away. So, wow. yeah, so um, it was really a nice, um, you know, opportunity then. Yeah. So and then I went to Japan. So I, I went to Japan as a visiting researcher in 1991. It was in 1991. You can probably calculate my age now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so 1991. So, um, and then after finishing the first part of my research, an idea came out uh, of my mind to continue my PhD at Hokodai, so um, Hokkaido University. So I uh, I put my, my PhD... Uh, degree in the Philippines for a while. Anyway, so the um, the uh, major was actually educational management. So I, I put it back and then and then inquired about the possibilities and I complied all the requirements in Hokodai. So um, and then I, I was accepted. So that that is how I started now. So in a different direction. So uh, mm. so you have two PhDs. Well, the the first one was, and I, I didn't finish it because, uh, yeah, I I was enrolled. I was in the second year PhD in the Philippines the time before I came here. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, but different, but different major. I, I my major was educational management because because uh, when I was twenty two, I really had this dream of becoming a dean. <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but then it didn't happen anyway. Yep. So uh, then uh, I, I I tried to um, be a part of Hokkaido University and uh, given an opportunity, but since it again it was uh, abrupt, you no. Know, so um, uh, I didn't have any scholarships that time. So uh, what I did was kept on applying fundings for for the research, and then luckily I I got one from the Kobayashi Foundation. It's a kind of you know a Xerox company, the Xerox Kobayashi Foundation, uh, which was actually huge enough to help me finish the first part of my research that time. So what was your theme mm-hmm. of your research? At so that the time? research that time was about the uh, mother and child health and nutrition status. Okay. Yeah. So this mother and child, so from from pregnancy up to the, I mean, after delivery. Now, so after delivering the baby, yeah. So. Well, mm-hmm. when did you shift to language learning? Yeah. So that is a, a good question because after 
after the um, the graduation, after I finished my degree, I went back to the Philippines, and then many things happened there. I went, I, I came back to Japan. I guess a kind of back and forth to Japan, and then when I came back in the year 1999, I guess, yeah. So I returned to Japan again in 1999 for a personal reason. Uh, I, I tried to. You know, I, I tried to uh, look for um, university job in, in in Japan now, but it was in vain. Now I was it was you know I was unsuccessful due to probably uh, language barrier, mm. uh, and uh, and you were looking I, to teach uh, nutrition. Uh, yes, related to my field. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, despite taking an you know intensive Japanese course for a year at Hokkaido University, it wasn't enough. Now, so mm. it was enough to be able to teach. Now, since all the terminologies now are, are in Japanese, so mm. yeah. So I actually I was offered now to to teach in one of the universities in in Hokkaido. It's in Eniwa, no Hokkaido. I I accepted that one, so I taught there for I think a year. In Japanese, now so it's all related health education uh, of the northern people in in, in Japanese. So uh, I I tried, now so and I did my best. But then, you know, uh, because because of my my Japanese uh, ability, I had to to hire uh, a Japanese to translate most of my lectures mm. so my, my salary was uh, I, I had to split my salary with my Japanese translator anyway so so and then as a result I you know uh, it's a kind of a waste of, of time and effort and plus the money so uh, so as a result I began looking for English teaching jobs now yeah because uh, teaching in the university is almost as similar as you know when it comes to the uh, the salary it's almost the same when you when you teach english so uh, it, it ranges actually from about 5000 per hour mm. whereas uh, it's almost the same 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 money i i i save all right so then you you transitioned did you decide to kind of go get a certification or some extra training or you didn't think that was necessary because of your skills in Japanese and English? Yeah, it's a nice question because uh, I was not uh, qualified, I guess, because other people, I mean, they think that I'm not qualified because I am not I'm not a certified English teacher, right? Mm. So what I did was because, um, you know, while doing the job, I couldn't feel that there was something missing in me. So so the strong feeling to bring my position back was there. So uh, so one day I, I woke up and for some reasons I felt this dissatisfaction feeling actually. You know? So a strong feeling. If I really want to stay in Japan, I had to study and be a certified English teacher. So I went to the Philippines. I went to the Philippines again, and I enrolled TESOL at De La Salle University. Okay. Yeah. So I went to the, I went there, and then while teaching, I, I was studying TESOL. And then after after a year, and then after a year, yes, I came back to Japan again. Now, so armed with this uh, certificate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So armed with the certificate as a certified ESL teacher. You know. So so with this on hand, you know, the path as an English teacher became clearer and lighter to carry. And uh, and and also I embraced the reality that I had to put aside my science-related field. Yeah. But, but of course not forgotten. No. So was that then, was that um, difficult to do to say goodbye to it? Uh it was. It was. Yeah. And uh 
But then, but then, uh, while doing a research, because at that time I, I was teaching in two, uh, as an adjunct, and also adjunct uh, lecturer in, in two universities in, in Hokkaido, uh, I have realized that I, 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 can, I couldn't, you know? so I, I couldn't just put these things aside. So I, I thought of, uh, I thought of doing, um, I, I incorporate, no, incorporate this too. English teaching plus plus my 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 field in in health education because when we talk about the health education it is something like a big umbrella and and um, yeah and mental health is under under this health education thing so um, and um, yeah I I I saw the importance of uh, of uh, health education. Okay, so I was looking at your citations and I see mm-hmm. you know your background with nutrition. And I can see the story there. And then uh, you start to publish. I see a paper where you're interested in in music and musicians, teacher Mm -hmm. burnout. And then the Mm -hmm. paper we're going to discuss today, uh, the family environment mode approach. So it sounds Mm -hmm. like you started getting interested in music, teacher Mm -hmm. burnout, and then the paper we're going to discuss today. So were these all three, all these three subjects going going on in your brain at once, or these were sort of three different tracks that you started to follow? Actually, the music-related thing is also more on the um, yeah uh, using music as as a one way to teach students now, and uh, a part of that I think uh, uh, is a, um, a part of burnout also. I think a bit of now, mm-hmm. and uh, it's more on the stresses because uh, stress stress of the teachers, <laughs> and uh, probably I, I had this kind of uh, idea because of my background. While while I'm I'm doing I'm doing these teaching jobs in 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 Sapporo now so in Sapporo with the kids now so with the kids now because uh, within my in my heart I there was something in there that kind of struggling why I'm doing this why am I doing this why I'm teaching these kids because I actually I I I, I didn't have the experience of teaching uh, children now so. When I finished my degree, I, I soon um, entered in the university, so I didn't have. So I have this kind of feeling. So probably I, I felt stressed, I felt anxious, I felt mm. dissatisfaction at that time. Now, yeah? so probably that led me to to this kind of research, and then I continued and continued until I saw the status and the situation of the students in Japan. That uh, well, uh, you know, um, the the silence. The unmotivated and the less expression of their emotions actually led me also to to do uh, to to do this kind of research not only for the teachers but even for the students. That's great. I mean, I think that's such a great lesson, and I, I can re- mm-hmm. I can resonate with that as well. Some of the hardest mm-hmm. times I've had teaching in Japan actually did mm-hmm. lead me down my research path, mm-hmm. and I think that's mm-hmm. a good thing for listeners to pick up on. Is you know, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. are going through you know burnout yourself. Right, yeah. and so mm-hmm. you researched it and you mm-hmm. published on it, mm-hmm. yeah. which, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about uh, the paper today. So, the family environment mode approach: an anxiety buster to motivate EFL EFA. learners. So, yeah. take us through the background of this family environment mode approach. This is this is something I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Is this your own invention? Um, what, how did how did this all come about? Yeah, actually, this is my original, my original approach. Uh, it's all, yeah, it came out because of uh, uh, 
probably because of my the background of my PhD, because I work for mother and child. Mm. Yeah. So I consider that uh, why not giving these uh, uh, mother and child um, care to the students and give this kind of family environment uh, uh, mode in, this, in the classroom. Because uh, when you give this effective, effective environment with the students, um, the students probably at that point now, so probably uh, be, I mean, lose their, their anxieties in the classroom and probably they will speak more if they are not stressed and scared with the teachers. If they will, if they will um, think that I am there in front of them, not not just only the teacher, but as their mother, and and this the, and my classroom is an extension of their family, and then probably they will feel feel free and that they will feel relaxed in the classroom. So, so that's is, how it started. Mm. Is this something that you were trialing informally, and then you started to build a methodology before yes. you wrote the paper? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it was actually a trial because uh, when I when I taught in De La Salle University, uh, my students there were calling me mom. Now, you so said mom, what? what mom, you, mom. Sorry, what university? Uh, De La Salle University in the Philippines. I see. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. DLSU, and actually it started there because my students call uh, used to call me mom. Now. And then why not? Since I am a mom, why not? I also introduce this one to my students in Japan. So, and then when I introduce that one, oh, why don't you call me mom? Because I, I, you know, your age is almost similar with my son because I have a son now. So, and uh, oh, really, Okasan, Okasan. So, and since my my family name is Ocampo, one of the students suggested that, uh, okay, why don't we call you Okan? No? So, <laughs> so Okan is shorter for the Ocampo, is Okan. Oh, that's, that's, that's a brilliant uh, idea. So, uh, and then it started, it started calling me Okan. And then that is how FEMA started. And did you find when you established that, even that naming principle, there was uh, mm-hmm. less anxiety in the classroom? Uh, again? Did you so when mm-hmm. you even established on a very basic level of this mm-hmm. principle naming yourself? So after mm-hmm. naming yourself mom, mm-hmm. um, did you notice anxiety decreasing in the classroom? Yes, huge, huge. Um, I wonder why that it, is just the naming, yeah, yeah, just naming because probably the students felt that, uh our relationship now so our relationship was was not was not a teacher but what a kind of mom and 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 the and a men, not mentor i, I don't know but, but yeah family because member. i family member you know so that that uh, even you make a mistake then it's okay for me i won't get angry with you even if you yeah so that's it you no? know what you might have really stumbled across something here because I, i'm thinking about a lot of the research i do and I'm, I'm sure you've read some of the same papers especially Mm-mm. in japan with social status Mm-mm. and this idea of seniority seniority mm-hmm. and you know these these gaps between people that are established you know you're 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 a teacher so you're above me uh social mm-hmm. distance power mm-hmm. distance all mm-hmm. these factors at play and for you to say oh no 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 we're like a family Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to, and and I've kind of noticed that in Japan too. I don't know if this is the correct word, but Japan seems very tribal to me. 
Like mm-hmm. people stay in their family, people stay, you mm-hmm. know, their club activity is huge in Japan, you know, mm-hmm. um, they don't, you don't really talk to a stranger at a bus stop, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it's all about you, you, and within a family, you have almost have a, a lot more freedom than within a classroom, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Now for you, so you, it's kind of interesting because you, you, you started to do this almost very simply. Okay. Well, they'll just, call, mm-hmm. just call me mom. Okay. Then you mm-hmm. noticed a uh, decrease in anxiety and then did you say, Oh man, I really stumbled across something here. And you, and you, and you started researching about the social distance and how this can sort of bring the students closer to you. Or was it one of those things where you just started doing it and then maybe somebody told you later why it was working? Well, yeah, your, 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 um, idea was right of telling that it was really really hard to 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 get into the family family society in Japan now at mm. in the beginning i really had this uh, difficulty to to uh let my students to call me mom in the beginning now and and to to i enc- encourage them really to call me mom and we are really one family here maybe for about two weeks yeah so two meetings up to the three meetings i i kept on telling them oh you're my son come here your son now so <laughs> i started actually i started calling them them my son or my daughter now mm-hmm. and then after three meetings and then they also and then they started calling me mom Okan, actually. No, not mom, but Okan. No. So for people that don't speak mm-hmm. Jack- Japanese, o- Okasan is mother in Japanese. Yes, yes, yes. And mm-hmm. as, as uh, Dr. Okampo said, her last name is Okampo. So yeah. they combine Okasan, mother, with mm-hmm. Okampo. Yeah. So they called you Okan. Yes, yes. And at first, they, they called me Okan as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> because they couldn't call me mom. Yeah, right. for Japanese, yeah. So they couldn't call me mom because no, um, because they couldn't even call their okasan mom. So, uh, so one of the students, the a very genki student, so he said that, okay, hi, okan, 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 po sensei, okan. So and then that's it. So they started calling me okan, <laughs> but not yeah, some mom. And then some, and then some. I guess one, the, the one of the ladies called me mom because she studied somewhere outside Japan. So probably she was used using mom now in in their house. So, but mostly most of them they called me Okan. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because you know a lot of the problems with anxiety in Japan, a lot of these things which I'm sure you know about, you know, perfectionism. You know, mm-hmm. fear of making a mistake again, like the power distance thing, the social, mm-hmm. social, all, all these. But for you to say, okay, no, no, we're just part of a family here in the family. You know, mistakes are okay. We're going to support each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of a lot of the literature that I read, you know, is this thing where teachers struggle with anxiety in the classroom, right? We say, well, mm-hmm. no, we're trying mm-hmm. to set up this this really ideal classroom environment where it's really a classroom environment is still in Japan. So you can't escape these effective factors in a classroom for the fact that it's still in Japan. But it sounds like this idea where you get them almost like a role play or to let their guard down in some ways for them to even say that to you instead of calling you sensei, right? Um, They have to let their guard down a little bit and they have to buy into it. I'm sure and, not, a, not every student does, though, right? Or and, do and I had I had also to forget about about myself in a way, a part of myself, 
Yeah, because I am not your teacher, but I am I am I am your Okan. So I am also, you know, forgetting a part of me as a teacher. Yeah. But but since I'm promoting this and I I found this way to, you know, to to let the students uh, be participative in, in the classroom, yeah, why not? Yeah. So there are many, yeah, so there are many ways teach I mean other teachers doing to to let the students to be to participate in the classroom. But uh, uh they say that they are all also giving this effective uh, approach, but but I, I don't know how, how do they 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 implement those now. So if we don't really have this kind of uh, connection with the students, I think any 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 techniques or any any ways probably are are useless now if we, we really cannot have this uh, uh, connection now so I mean the inner connection with the students so you go you have this idea and then you decide to test it um, yes. in, in a very ambitious study and again the yeah. paper that we're talking about today is family yes. environment family. mode approach an anxiety buster mm -hmm. to motivate EFL learners mm -hmm. um, and I can kind of empathize with this I, I had a similar idea, I mean, not similar to yours, but a similar idea where I was, I was facing a problem in the classroom. I came up with a technique and then I wanted to test it. And so mm -hmm. I was using heart, heart rate measurements to correlate oh, whether, whether it was working. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm reading this paper and, uh, you're, you're using tools to correlate your, uh, hypothesis with, mm -hmm. with brain waves. Brain waves. When, yes. when did you, decide okay i want to test this with brain waves because it seems to me mm -hmm. like skipping over heart rate going to brain is a big jump but probably the i mean yeah. a lot of people have problems with heart rate they say oh well yeah. just mm -hmm. just go right to the brain that's probably the better data mm -hmm. how did you come across the idea actually when i was uh, working at hokodai hokkaido university as a research assistant of my professor i was assisting her doing this kind of uh, EEG and testing the uh, the um, the brain waves of the uh, the students relating I mean, sports related to sports now okay. but at, at that time at that time I, I didn't know anything about this EEG thing and then I was just uh, you know assisting her putting these uh, electrodes and putting this uh, uh, the gel on the the points of the the point somewhere in, in the in the in the head. On the was head. this when you were still studying your medicine? Uh, no, I, I was already. I I I finished already my PhD. But when I came back to Japan, I I um, I was looking for a job, and and then I was accepted as a research assistant in my professor's job that time. So, Got it. Okay. Yes. So uh, and then it and then I didn't know nothing about that one that time and and I was not interested because it was not my field now so you were just uh, kind of helping but you you yes. you, were, you uh -huh. became aware of it yes but I, I was aware of of, uh, of that EEG thing and then maybe about 10 years after I, I went to Hokodai uh, it's kind of a Hokodai um, festival mm -hmm. and then I suddenly there was this kind I mean energy probably this energy pulling me to to go to this building and that is the uh, medical the faculty of uh, medicine building mm -hmm. and then i entered in that building and then i and you know since this is a festival so so the students are you know showing their their research things in there mm -hmm. now so and then i went to that room and then it was there the nekomimi and i was so surprised and what is this all about so and then 
and that is where I get where I got my the idea of the nekomimi. I completely didn't know about the nekomimi, and then that particular um, medical student explained to me what is this uh, nekomimi all about in a very simple way. They could be able to to see the emotions of the uh, of every individuals. Can you so, explain then, the nekomimi for people that don't know? Uh, yeah, so Neko Mimi actually is um, a very simple artifact, you know, uh, where um, it it you know there are two brain two two what is that the two, two ears now. So when when the um, when somebody is in high relaxation state, the ears droop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then when. Uh, when somebody is focused and then focus but relax, so the ears will break up and droop down. Mm. Yeah, and when somebody is high focus, the ears will down slowly, go down slowly. And then if somebody is in, uh, you know, uh, thinking deeply and uh, you know, uh, in high interest, so um, the ears will break up and just wiggle. So it shows when it, when the uh, the ears wiggle, then uh, then it shows that you are really thinking deeply and you are interested in doing something. So so how then, many how many of these did you have to use for your study? You mean how many times did I use? Uh, how many uh, devices? Uh, I actually I had four four devices for yeah four devices. I bought so four. Yes. Okay. So you had two two pairs and all four of them were wearing it at the same time? Yes, yes. And then mm. they're monitoring their partners. They're monitoring their partners. And then I used I use and how did I check the the uh, the stress level of the students uh by um I mean, asking the students to ask the uh, these other students from very simple questions from what up to the why question, <laughs> yeah. Mm. So you can see there that from what's your name, from the simple questions, what is your name? And then you will see that, you know, because they are relaxed now, when, what's your name? They know that where do you live and something like that. And when the questions um, starting to go up to, you know, a bit uh, difficult, especially to the why questions then and then you will see you know that the the, the ears were wiggling and then but but they were thinking of course because what how to answer the question why so and it was interesting and students were really happy that time so you will really see and 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 um so this kind of uh, approach i mean ex, not, not experiment but shows that the the students really uh, enjoy this kind of thing, yeah. So well, in the in the methodology, you talk about you know establishing this family environment, mm -hmm. and then you take the Neko Mimi readings, mm -hmm. right? And then you distribute the FLCAS. I guess I was wondering why didn't you take the reports for the F for people that don't know the foreign language classroom anxiety scale? It's a very famous scale. Uh, why mm -hmm. didn't you distribute that in the beginning, then establish the family environment mode approach, and then do the FLCS at the end and see if it changed? Or was it you, you had a different – see, I'm looking – I guess maybe I'm looking at it differently. I was looking at more maybe an intervention. Mm -hmm. Why did you set it up like this? What was the rationale? Actually, that was the, uh, the weak point of this research because I didn't do it uh, before and after. Mm. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's a good point. So 
actually three years ago i wanted to revisit this 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 experiment this uh, uh, study and uh, i bought i bought different uh, different uh, machine actually <laughs> so i have two here what's Just the name to, of the new machine uh, for okay i i forgot the name of this but it's quite uh, i mean is it expensive uh about no not that expensive because i chose the it's about the yomangurai so about 40000 yen okay so yeah, that's about 400 dollars yes yeah whereas nekomimi nekomimi is quite cheap because it's only about 100 dollars wow yeah yeah, you can have this because now nowadays this Nekomimi is uh, yeah they're using it for play for games. Wow! It's so old... it's it, it it's so it's accurate enough for only being a hundred dollars. Yes. So yeah, because actually this one is not for a deeper uh, analysis now. Uh-huh. So it is only to show if you are if you are happy if you are thinking deeply only this it this Nekomimi actually uh, don't. Uh, cannot read if you are angry or having this kind of feeling. So only if, when you are happy or when you are thinking deeply and this can only read it, the, the, um, this particular part of the brain. Wow. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. all right. So you, you're thinking about replicating the study and taking yes. the FLCAS measures before and yes. after before and after. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. Yes. So how many how many devices are you going to how big a sample size do you want to have? I want to have I mean bigger numbers of participants yeah to have uh, to have an accurate data. So Well, if you find it, maybe you later know. let me know the device you're using. Yes. I, that's, if you, yeah, so if I if you give me a second then I will get it quickly. Yeah, I'll push push, I'll yeah, push okay. pause. Yeah, yes, okay. please. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's the Sensei Band. Sensei Band. Yeah, Sensei Band. Sensei Band. I guess so. You're gonna apply for a grant to get a larger sample size. Yeah. If I will uh, have the great. Yeah. So maybe I will. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's neuro neuro. It's a neuro Sensei Band. Neuro Sensei Band. Because again, I was I was doing heart rate response with Fitbits. Oh, and ah, Fitbits! I I heard about that because somebody wrote me about having a collaborative research with him about these Fitbits. Um, so I mean that was, it's good, but I always get criticized the same way. Well, heart rate isn't everything, mm-hmm. and heart, you know, mm-hmm. if you have high, and it, you mentioned it in the paper too. I mean, if you're excited, that can also yes, uh, conflate. Um, being anxious sometimes. So mm-hmm. a lot of times when you have heart rate, they say, well, you need cortisol or you need this, uh, you need uh, that. Mm-hmm. But if you have brain waves, mm-hmm. you don't really need to, to, to correlate with other physiological measures. So you don't mm-hmm. get as much criticism, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you find that as well? Like if it's a brain wave, you don't need, you don't need heart rate, cortisol and something else like brain wave mm-hmm. is enough or brain wave I- plus self-report. Yeah, because uh, there is a direct, direct. We, we can read actually the, the uh, we can we can read the emotions of of the people directly to the brain, right? But not in the heart rate. Exactly. Heart rate, yes, because it it uh, the heart rate when when you are when you are angry, the heart rate beats faster. So mm-hmm. so, it, so maybe the result won't won't be able to yeah uh, 
I mean, lead to to a good result. Well, I'm so glad I'm talk. I talked to you about this. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna check out this neuro senzai senzai yeah. band. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. But one of the cool things about this paper is you presented this at Harvard. Yep. <laughs> What's the story about that? Well, at that yeah, I, I mentioned to you a while ago that I, I was struggling. You no, know, I was struggling that time. That was a, that was actually year about 2011, 2012. I was struggling to bring my my career back. You now, so I kept studying online. Mm-hmm. Yes, I kept studying online, and all these online classes I got were all related to uh, health, about the global health, about the uh, the age of globalization, or something like that, about about the this health and society. And it so happened that the uh, the professor of this health and society online mm-hmm. was. I mean, I, I took this in Harvard University, and one of the professors there was a Japanese. Japanese oh. uh, professor now, mm. and then why? And then I finished that online online course, and then why not? And, and it so happened that I saw this um, conference, mm-hmm. and then why not? So I I applied, I, I I submitted my abstract, and then and and then and then accepted, and then I wrote to that professor, and then that professor uh, replied that he was willing to meet me in Harvard, and 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 I went. How was that experience? It was really great. I, I didn't even think about that thing to happen in my life. <laughs> you know, entering the building of Harvard uh, University. It's a medical Harvard University building. And uh, it was an opportunity. Probably it won't happen again. <laughs> wow, that's that's incredible. So what, what kind of feedback did you get from presenting there? Well, uh, there were many uh, professors, I mean, presenters also, they, they came to me and then they tried this Nekomimi. <laughs> they tried the <laughs> Nekomimi. Yeah, they tried the Nekomimi in order for them to see how these ears uh, moves and perks up and down and droop or something like that. And it was really a kind of hot cake for that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that is, that is really exciting. Mm-hmm. So everything kind of came together. With your mm, yeah. background with medicine yes. and mm. and your struggles in the classroom, and then mm-hmm. did you kind of feel, wow, okay, so now this is the next chapter of my career? Mm. Yes, yeah. So, and I have realized that the you know whatever struggles you had in the past, uh, all of those have reasons now. So uh, that's why that's why um, I, I kept pursuing this uh, research related to uh, stress and uh, stress i mean abs i have this another new new terminology again this abs the um what is that abs again the anxiety burnout and stress now mm. so so it is not only students uh experience these days as a student but even teachers too so do you know mm-hmm. curtis kelly yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know her by name, but not personally. But because we are in the same same JALT uh, SIG, I guess. But I'm yeah. not active in the JALT SIG. <laughs> okay. Um, so Curtis, I think, is really interested in this research because he's mm-hmm. really into the mind-brain sciences. And I think yes. you mentioned Harvard Online. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a big promo- proponent of one of those classes. And I think one of those teachers was a previous guest. I didn't interview that guest. I think Dr. Robert Murphy did. Um, oh. And then the other other organization that I know you're active in is iApple. 
Uh-huh. the International Association yes. for the Psychology yeah. of Language Learning. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved with them? Well, I uh, I attended a um, conference in Waseda University. It was some five years ago. So I attended that one, and, and then was I met at, these um, people. Was that 2018? That was 2018. Yeah, I forgot okay. when it was it. Yeah, so I attended that conference, and then I met these great people. And then it so happened that I attended the meeting, supposedly for for the active members, and I was not active that 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 time. <laughs> I didn't know about this IFL group. No, mm-hmm. so I attended this meeting, and then it and it so happened that there was an election. No, and le- so and probably I was I was active. I don't know, but uh, how did I present myself that time? So so uh, yeah, so I became a part of it, and it's how it started yeah that organization yeah. is really doing great things great they're really good especially um peter and the mercer yeah so sarah is a really great uh teacher and then he, she's also doing uh, doing research about teachers well-being which i am also doing but you know uh, the difference is that they are really good at writing <laughs> and which i'm not you know, so so they can easily you you know they can easily. See, I, write I disagree. I disagree with that. Um, I saw really, yeah, and, <laughs> and I I think this point was made up on a previous podcast. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if you've read Doctor Dat Bao. He's a professor uh-huh. at Monash, okay. um, and uh-huh. his second language is English. He's from Vietnam, mm-hmm. and um, when I was reading his 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 articles, I didn't. I actually didn't know that. I, mm-hmm. I, and so we were talking about it, and then someone else made the point that sometimes the second language speakers are almost better writers. Oh, really? Um, especially <laughs> in uh, academia. Academia, yeah. And the papers are much easier to read sometimes mm-hmm. because you just keep very simple and precise, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't get too bogged down with you know even strange words that a native or a first language speaker would know, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell yourself short that way. I, I, actually, that was that was actually my one of my dilemmas before. You know that uh, you know being a non-native speaker, probably that was probably that was the reason why I couldn't get a job. I well, mean, we a, use, a part-time job. No? We shouldn't use that word. Uh, non-native. The, 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 <laughs> Davale. I, I had a conversation with Davale, and he told me very in strong uh-uh. terms. I think it's called LX now. Oh really? Yeah. Uh oh. He got uh-huh. very he got very upset. I don't think he got upset personally at me, but I didn't uh, know mm. this word native non-native was uh, was that's sort why, of oh, yeah. That's that's why in one of my published paper it was about non-native and native. Mm. Yeah, and even in the paper I was discussing with him, he had written it mm-hmm. uh, maybe as a point to say something else, I don't know, but I I think the the word now is LX. LX. Wow. Um and what for, is LX? It stands for what? LX. It's a learner of, I'm not really sure exactly, but oh. it, it's to replace native, non-native. So okay. I think before mm-hmm. non-native, now it's LX. I, I will use this the, the, this terminology for now. Now, next time I won't use them. So this native... Well, do, you can say have, whatever you want. <laughs> do they have Do they have the similar, I mean, do they have similar feeling as I have? Something like that. So, I, uh, so as I, yeah. I think it's, then, I think his, his point... Uh, which is a valid one is that we, we don't want to use terminology to uh-uh. to ha- to to encourage preju- prejudicial uh, hiring practices mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or to 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 even establish 
okay, this is a native speaker, this is a non-native, it sort of implies one could be a better teacher, which is actually mm-hmm. not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's sort of the argument. Like we wanted, that's, that was his argument. Um, uh, and it, he convinced me actually, I just didn't know that that word was in, in the literature, but I guess that is the technical word now is LX. LX. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want Diwale to get angry at me next time <laughs> he talks to me. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this was, this was a great conversation. Is there yeah. anything else you wanted to, to highlight or draw people's attention to? Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, about, about the silence thing, because, uh, I, I read one, one, one article about, because most of the teachers in, in Japan, I mean, they, no, 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 foreign teachers, you know, so, <laughs> foreign teachers. So in, in Japan, teaching English in Japan. So they're always complaining about the, uh, you know, the silence in the classroom, yeah. the un- mm-hmm. unmotivated attitude of the students and even the less expression. I mean, the the poker faces of the students now. Right. And uh, yeah, so I read one one article about the uh, the silence because this is a part of the culture of, of Japan now. So mm. uh uh, so these two aspects of classroom verbal behavior that conflicts with Western notions of how classrooms should operate, right? And um, yeah, we have to to understand that the first type of uh, you know type of talk that Western instruct- instructors would expect is in the university classroom. It, it, you know, students seldom initiate discussion or, or volunteer answers, right? So students tend to avoid raising new topics, and mm-hmm. so these things are actually part of the culture now, mm-hmm. and we have to embrace those. We, yeah. we, we are we are not we are not in the school we are not in the classroom to to change the the culture of the students now so uh, as as a as a teacher we have to embrace we have to be very very uh, understanding in, in because similar similar to the students also they have to be understanding about our backgrounds our, our the backgrounds of the teachers right so it should be uh, give and take. So yeah, and that's it's why it's such an interesting topic. Actually, that's what I'm going to be doing my PhD on is silence. Oh, uh-huh. ah, okay. uh, very mm. um, interesting, interesting topic. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so again, uh, okay. the article mm-hmm. that we discussed today was family environment mode approach an anxiety mm-hmm. buster to motivate EFL learners. Mm-hmm. Dr. Marissa Ocampo, thank you so much for coming on Lost in Citations. Thank you very much for having me here. If you'd like to contact the show. The best place to find out about us is our website, lostincitations.com. Here you can learn more about the background to this project and how you can get involved. Our hope is to help academics, educators, and online content producers get in contact with each other. Our email address is lostincitations at gmail.com. We also have Facebook and LinkedIn pages. Please rate and comment on the sites you use to download your podcasts. It helps us reach more potential listeners. But probably the most helpful thing you can do is, if you like our content, recommend it to a friend and let them know what we're trying to do. Thank you very much.